0: Welcome to the JACCP podcast, Leaders in Clinical Pharmacy. I'm Jerry Bauman, the editor of the Journal of the American College of Clinical Pharmacy. Today, we're fortunate to be speaking to Dr. Jimmy Hatton-Kolpeck. Dr. Hatton-Kolpeck is Professor Emeritus of Pharmacy at the University of Kentucky College of Pharmacy, where she also served as the head of the Department of Pharmacy Practice. She received her BS in PharmD at the University of Kentucky College of Pharmacy, and completed a residency and fellowship in nutrition at the UK Chandler Medical Center in Lexington. Her area of research was polypharmacy and transitions of care from the ICU in patients with neurologic injury. Jimmy has been honored with numerous awards, mentored many students, residents, and young faculty, and also served as the president of the American College of Clinical Pharmacy. Welcome to the podcast, Jimmy.
1: Thank you, Jerry. I'm very Honored to be invited to participate.
0: Uh, To begin, maybe you could tell the listeners a little bit about yourself personally, where you grew up, went to school, and then last, how you decided to pursue pharmacy as a career.
1: Okay, sure. I was born in uh, Kentucky. I've been here pretty much most of my life. Started out in Paris, Kentucky, and then did most of my time in the city of Lexington. Grew up and went to school there. I got interested in pharmacy, actually, as a result of a program in high school and met a lady named Gloria Doty, who offered me a position to come my senior year and work at the pharmacy that was the outpatient pharmacy at UK Healthcare. And she showed me the importance of the pharmacist in communicating with patients about medicine, something I knew nothing about. I have no pharmacist or medical people in my family. I'm a first-generation college graduate. So she really just opened my eyes to what this position could be. And I was very fortunate to be able to go to uh, the University of Kentucky College of Pharmacy. Uh, my parents uh, were very happy to be able to have an in-state tuition. And my father raised tobacco to pay for that. I can't imagine what would have been involved today with the tuitions that students have, but it's been a real gift to be a part of this career path. And I I just have been very fortunate. And as far as other personal things, I have two children and two grandchildren and a son-in-law, and I'm very proud of all of them along with my husband. So... My mom is still alive as well. So it's all been great.
0: It's awesome. Um, I I Actually, I'm the first one to graduate from college too in my family. And I just had a new grandson um, about five days ago of that age, Jimmy.
1: Yes, yes. (laughs) I'm enjoying every minute of that.
0: (laughs) Now, at some point when when you went to pharmacy school, you decided to pursue clinical pharmacy Mm -hmm. and additional training. Maybe you could review how you made that decision, and then what what happened after that?
1: So, at the College of Pharmacy, of course, back when I was in school, there was a Bachelor of Science, as well as the Doctor of Pharmacy was a sort of an add-on to the BS, or you had to choose to move into that Doctor of Pharmacy right off the bat, rather than go into your fifth year of pharmacy school. So, we heard a lot about clinical pharmacy and Paul Parker was the director of pharmacy at that time. And we were taught by most of the therapeutics through residents who were in the program. And of course, many of the leaders in clinical pharmacy, Tom Foster was one of my professors, Bob Rapp. So we heard a lot about clinical pharmacy. And there was a decision point of, do you want to continue learning as a PhD, or do you want to do more clinical training? I, I always knew I wanted to do something more than be in a pharmacy per se. I enjoyed the interaction with physicians and things like that. So as I had an opportunity to see that and be involved in clinical care over at the hospital, I was very interested in pursuing clinical pharmacy and the residency program and was fortunate enough to be accepted into that program. I was in the D at that point. So basically, I got my BS degree, got through my pharmacy boards, which was a big goal, because we still had wet lab at that time. It wasn't my strong suit. And then I went back to get the two-year post-BS D, And at that point, was invited to submit an application for the residency, and was accepted for that two year program. And this worked very well because my husband was finishing up his architecture degrees and trying to get his license. So the sequence of events worked out pretty well for us in terms of timing. And I did not know I was gonna be doing a fellowship until Bob Rapp was uh, awarded a grant in the area of nutritional support. And he was looking for a fellow So I had always liked critical care and infectious disease, but I didn't know I was going to be interested so much in nutrition. But ASHP at that time was offering national fellowships. So that was what we applied for, and we were successful in getting that, and that gave me a chance to really learn a lot about metabolomics and nutritional therapeutics, really. Uh, That was the way it was taught to me. And I really appreciated that. And that set me up very well for neurocritical care as I moved on into the next phase of my career.
0: So you would mentioned Bob Rapp is probably one of your mentors. Mm -hmm. Did you have others then that that sort of uh, helped you in your career as you went?
1: Well, we've talked about Dr. Parker. So, you know, what a mentor he was! He invested in all the pharmacy residents and spent. We had weekly meetings with him, and and my colleague residents also fellow residents during that time. There was always a lot of investment in the fir- the second year residents mentored the first year residents, and there was a lot of the esprit de corps and setting the bar for us to make sure we met the mark and. Through that experience, I had Ann Amerson, who really taught me how to unpack a project and figure out how to write it up in a way that I could make it feasible to do. Sometimes they seem like such big projects, and Ann was always very organized with drug literature evaluation and taught me a lot about how to write. Dennis Clifton uh, taught me a lot about how to write grants, along with Dr. Young, Byron Young, who was the director of our research program, and I had the privilege to work with throughout the majority of my career as we embarked on some neuroprotective studies that were funded at all levels, and I learned a tremendous amount from both he and, let's see, Craig McLean was the other physician, and Linda Ott, all three of those individuals really mentored me through my early years in my career to make that happen for me in terms of grantsmanship. Of course, you know, you have a lot of mentors at different phases. I think about the chairmanship. You mentioned me being the department chair. That would not have happened without Pat McNamara and Ken Record, who helped me navigate that process. And Tom Foster was clearly someone who was a part of my career throughout. He kept me aware of how to navigate some challenges and also was just really a strong leader that made a difference. So between he and Bob and Ken and that whole team, I, I feel really fortunate because each of them brought something different. And most recently, I've had the chance to work with Mike Maddox, who has mentored me in ways I had never imagined uh, as I was had the chance to see the national picture of what goes on with pharmacy organizations and he was a tremendous mentor along with Suzanne Nesbitt and Brian, her dad, during that window of time. We could not have accomplished what we did without us together. So I've, I've really had a lot of great mentors in my life.
0: Yeah, they're so important. Now, I know the Kentucky residents are always proud of their number. What is your number? I am R151. Yeah, I mean, it's one of the most influential residency programs in, in the history of clinical pharmacy.
1: I was very fortunate.
0: So then after you did your fellowship, then what happened?
1: I had the chance to be a part of the early faculty who were building the Doctor of Pharmacy program at the St. Louis College of Pharmacy. And that was a real blessing for a lot of reasons. First, my husband wanted to go back to graduate school, so it afforded him the chance to do that at Washington University. So while he was in graduate school for architecture, I was a part of a team of young faculty trying to launch the first PharmD program at the St. Louis College of Pharmacy. And that was a wonderful two-year experience that I stayed for a couple of years and then was recruited back to Kentucky when Bob Rapp became the department chair and the neurosurgery position became available. So because of that uh, and the influence of Jordan Cohen and Bob Rapp, I left St. Louis, but it was a wonderful two years with the surgery team at the Jewish Hospital in that area, and I made a lot of very important friendships there, including Dr. Sheldon Holstad, who I still treasure those memories and times together, and he remains a big part of my life professionally.
0: So what accomplishments are you um, most proud of in your career? And maybe can you recount your first paper, your first publication?
1: Oh, gosh, Jerry, I, I did go back to look at that. I, the one I, I, I think about is the one that Bob gave me. Bob Rapp assigned me to write a paper, and Mary Chandler Insom and I were sharing the lab in Bob Bluen's lab. She was his fellow, and I was Bob Rapp's fellow, and we were each given these major papers to write, and mine was on medium chain triglycerides, a review of the therapeutics and their biochemistry. I didn't know anything about this. I told him it was like telling me to write a paper about building a spaceship. What I and Ken Record and Bob Rapp and I were gonna be the authors and Bob wanted this as a big paper for uh, nutrition and clinical practice a review. And I learned so much from that. First off, it set me up to review all of the biochemistry and and metabolomics piece before we started into the fellowship. But the other thing was Bob really had me revise and rework through that and helped me create a paper that we could really get published. You know, it was so hard in my mind uh, to do it. And watching that process and Ken's support and Bob's support really, really transformed the way I thought about putting together review papers such as that. And uh, it took a lot of that intimidation away as I moved into the fellowship. So that was probably one of the first papers that uh, it wasn't a research paper. We certainly did research papers during that fellowship time. I'm proud of the one that we did that was comparing nutritional outcomes and protein balances, uh, nitrogen balance and protein uh, differences in terms of excretion rates when we were looking at comparing spinal cord stroke and brain injury people. That paper Is really, I saw that it was still being cited in some um, meta analysis, and that paper's from like 1987, but it's really one of the only papers that looked at all three populations in those first two weeks and showed the pattern of nitrogen losses during that window of time and the differences depending on the type of neurotrauma. Really launched my interest and combined that whole area together for me moving into the next phase of my career.
0: You've had an incredible impact on a lot of uh, young clinical pharmacists and residents and students. You know, perhaps in ending, you could give some advice uh, to some of the young people out there that might be listening that are just beginning their career.
1: Things are so very different now. I think the common things that we still share is a passion for improving patient outcomes together through really applying pharmacy sciences through therapeutics at the bedside. And I hope they will never lose that thought process of being able to critically reason out why drugs are being selected and and be on that team and the voice that helps them make the most wise decision uh, that is possible for that individual patient and be comfortable with that. Because... That process in and of itself is what you use to launch out your, the rest of the career. It can build from there into any area you wish to go. And then by publishing and writing those things up, you really have a chance to share that so other people can learn from you.
0: Oh, very good. Well, thank you, Jimmy, for joining us today. And, um, and thank you for all your contributions uh, to our profession and to clinical pharmacy.
1: Thank you for the invitation. I'm really honored to be included.